Welcome to the Sermon Audio Podcast of Hill Country Bible Church, Georgetown. The podcast bringing you biblical messages that encourage you to put Christ at the center of everyday life. We're here to help you engage in the local church and to invite you into a life that matters through Jesus. If you have any questions about your next step, visit us online at hillcountry.life. And now for today's message. Everyone today, welcome, Hill Country, yeah. And welcome to those watching online, maybe, maybe not. We are, we've had a little internet issue this morning, but... They'll be there eventually, so welcome to those guys also. I'm Pastor Brian Threlkel. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I, I'm, not, I'm not at all, but, but I, I can see where people might be able to, to mistake that because you, a camera adds 40, 50 pounds and, and 12 inches in, in height, and, uh, and so uh, he, he's the same size I am. We're, he just wound up tighter than I am. That, that's all it is, and, and, and so... My, my name is Mike O'Banion. I'm the Congregational Care Pastor here, here at Hill Country, and uh, we're here for our next series of Game Changer. But before we do that, this is Memorial Weekend, and I want to take just a moment and recognize the sacrifice, ongoing sacrifice, and the past sacrifices of, of, of people in our congregation. Do we have anybody here that's active duty military, or spouse is active duty military, or their child our grandchild is active duty military. Stand up if you do. If you have a kid, grandkid that's active duty military, there you go. Uh, well, that includes, yeah. Since I'm, since I'm up here, the good looking couple in the back is my daughter Kimmy and her husband, Commander Till, Tim Tillman, U.S. Coast Guard. And so uh, glad to have them here. Y'all, y'all stay standing with active duty. Anybody here that is a veteran of, of, of U.S. service, you had a service in the past, there's a veteran of service, there you go. Thank, thank you so much for what you've done. Now, Memorial Day is not for you because <laughs> you're here. And, uh, but, but, uh, and we pray that it never will be. But Memorial Day does recognize those that have gone before us. And so if you have had anyone in your family, and I'm talking about a a mother, father, a spouse, a brother, sister, a grandmother, grandfather, great-grandmother, great-grandfather that was killed in combat defending our nation, why don't you stand? Anybody? That in your past, there you go, someone died. You know what they say, all, all gave some, some gave all. And, and, and we are so blessed to be where we are. So let's just have a short prayer remembering these that have gone before us, okay? Father, we, we thank you that we, that we are privileged to live in this country. And we're thankful, Lord, that though there are those who stand in the gap for us. So that when we go to the bed at night, we're not afraid of being blown up or we're not afraid of... Of, of people bashing our door down to, to take us captive because of what we believe. We're just thankful for these that have gone before us, and we remember, Lord, the sacrifice that was given. We love you, and thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, a little background. 
we're continuing our study in 1 Thessalonians. This is going to be chapter 3, beginning with about verse 7, and we're going to go to read that in just a moment. But what has happened to this point is the Apostle Paul had, on his second missionary journey, had gone to Thessalonica, and he had preached there. He was there about, Acts 17 says he was there three Sabbaths, so three, three weekends, and that's about all. And, and he, there are a lot of Jewish people there. It was a huge port city, a, a pagan city, uh, about 150, 80 years before, 150 or 150, 80 years before it had they had turned themselves over to Roman rule, so it was a, a part of the Roman Empire at the time. And, but he went to the synagogue and he preached. And there were a few Jews that were saved, not a lot, and that, but there were some godly other people that were saved, and there were some prominent women that were saved. That's from, from Acts 17. And they became Christians, and, and, and after three Sabbaths, they did like they always did. They came after Paul, and Paul had to leave. And he left, and he went down to, to Athens. And that's a, we went to Berea, and then he went to Athens. And if, so from Thessalonica to Athens, and they're both all on the mainland of China. They're not on one of the 127 on China. Did I say China? <laughs> I caught it, though. Uh, they're all on the mainland of, of, of Greece. And if you've ever been, been there, it's, it's not one of the four, 480 million islands of Greece. It's, it's, it's all on the mainland of Greece. And it's, the distance is about... The same as from here to Harlingen or uh, McAllen down in the valley, Rio Grande Valley. But it wasn't like that. It was, if you've ever been over there or seen pictures of it or saw my fat Greek wedding or anything like that, it's very mountainous. It's very hilly. And so it, it was a long, long way in those days from one place to the other. And so he, they were there down in Thessalonica, and, and he was grieving over what happened to these believers, what happened to them, because he left them, and he left them with uh, not a very, very big support system, and, and they were in a pagan situation. So he sent Timothy. He said, Timothy's a young guy. He's kind of like our Troy. You know, you send him up the hill. And, uh, and, and he, said, he said, go there and check in on him. And what had happened was Timothy had gone, and now Timothy had come back. And Timothy came back and reported to Paul, and Paul wrote, this is a letter, part of the letter that Paul wrote back to the Thessalonians after Timothy got back. And he says in, in, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse, beginning with verse 7, Therefore, brothers and sisters, in all our distress and persecution, we were encouraged about you being because of your faith. For now we really live. Since you are standing firm in the Lord, how can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy we have in the presence of our Lord because of you? Night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus clear the way for us to come to you. May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. May he strengthen your hearts so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when our Lord Jesus comes with all his holy ones. The game changer is somebody who prays earnestly. Now, what does that mean? In verse, in verse 10, he says, Now, 
Night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. Earnestly means, I'm from East Texas, I have to simplify everything. It means seriously. It doesn't mean that you go into your, your closet and you put on a burlap sack and you pray for 22 hours out of the 24 or you lay prostrate and, and, uh, the, the, and before God. It means that you're serious about what you're praying about that you lay it all out. You lay it all out before God, and you, and you tell him really what's going on. You pray things like, God, I don't know what's happening here. I really don't know. I, I, I'm hurting. I, I, I'm burdened. But this is what I would like for you to do. I want you to do it this way. But I need your strength, and I need to hear from you. And that's just laying it all out. You know, you know, getting away from the cursory prayers that we do that, you know, now lay me down to sleep or, you know, bless this food or all, all those things that we all, I'm not saying they're not good. I'm just saying that we need to, to, to pray very seriously and very specifically about what we want. You know, I hear people all the time say, well, God, your will be done. I get that, and I want that, but how do I know when it happens if, not I, if I'm not in tune with him? And so he wants us, and he enjoys us to, to he, when we lay it all out before him. And it's really good to hear, and Paul's talking about praying for others here. He was praying for others. When somebody tells you, you know, Mike, I'm praying for you, that feels good. That's the greatest compliment that you can get when you know that there are people praying for you. You know, I know my wife prays for me. I know that, that I pray for her. And that lifts me up knowing that we're bonded together like that, that we have a spiritual bond. God wants us to, to, to pray for others. He wants us to pray for each other, and he wants us to lay it all out before him. How serious are you about your prayers? Well, I've come up with three different prayers that I, that I do. and that one, you know, I call it Mike's Epistle to the Hill Countryans. Uh, that's, that's where it is. It's, look it up. It's in there. Uh, first are situational prayers. Lord, we're going on a trip, and we, want, we pray before we go. Uh, you know, God, bless us and keep us safe. You know, during all the COVID thing, and we go outside our house, God, keep us healthy today. You know, surround us today. Just keep us whole. Keep us healthy. And then, and, and, and so we have those situational prayers. Before we, before we eat, wherever we are, we pray, God, thank you for your provision. And then, you know, if, depending on what kind of restaurant it is or where, you know, Pastor Chuck goes to Vietnam all the time and they, you know, and they put it in front of you, you may want to pray one more time. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> you don't know what it looks like or what, what it is. Uh, and then there are the, what I call the spirit-led, aware, spirit-awareness-led prayers. And, that, and that's... Those prayers that you've asked God to just open your eyes, and I, and I do pray that. God, open my eyes so I can see. And so during the course of your day, when you're driving down the road, if you see someone and God impresses upon you to pray for that person, just, just, just stop right there and pray. I mean, you don't have to stop, bow your head, just pray right there for that person. I know Brenda and I a couple of times have gone, when we go to church and we sit down and somebody comes in in front of us that's obviously upset about something. 
You know, and so we just, we just try, right there, pray for that person. Lift them up. Now, we don't tap them on the shoulder and say, hey, what's going on? You know, that, that's interfering in their business. But it, it, it's, it's pray and lift them up, spiritually lift them up. And God protect them. And God open their eyes and reveal your truth. And then the third, and these, we, I was on a men's Bible study Wednesday night, and we talked about intentional prayer. You know, God help us pray intentionally. And to be honest with you, as I was studying for this, I really became convicted about my, about my own intentional prayer life. Intentional is where you seriously lay it out before God. I am intentional about it. I set aside time about time for it. And I am, I am praying to God. I'm, I'm trying to honor my Father by talking to Him, by communicating with Him. Intentional prayer, and that's the hardest. It's the very hardest to do. You know, how, how many of you, you know, you say, I'm going to have a prayer time, and you start praying, and about 32 seconds in, you think, well, I, I, yard needs mowing, and, and, and uh, you know, my wife's shopping, and I don't know if that credit card's going to stand it today or not, and, and uh, <laughs> And, 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 and then you forget about what you're doing, you know. It's hard. It really is hard because our mind is so filled with all this minutia, you know, and, and, and worthless information. My wife tells me that I'm, my, that, you know, that I'm a repository of worthless information, and, 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 and I guess I am. Uh, I, I could, if I was, if I was true, I would have told you that it was 312 kilometers from Thessalonica to, to, uh, uh, to Athens. That is how far it is. Uh, he loves, God loves to watch us lay it all out with all our heart. The, uh, in Pilgrim's Progress, John Bunyan said this, when you prayeth, rather Thy heart be without words, then thy words be without heart. Put your heart in it and let God provide the words. Well, it goes on in, 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 in a reading here, here. May the Lord make your love, verse 12, may the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else just as ours does for you. May he strengthen our, your hearts so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when our Lord Jesus comes with all his holy ones. So who should we pray for? He's praying for others. There's where it comes hard for us. I, you know, praying for others, and I'm talking about serious spiritual needs or where the blessings are. He prayed for their increased love for their brothers and sisters. Their increased love. He prayed for their, their, to strengthen their hearts. And he prayed for them to be holy and blameless. Now, who was he praying for? He's praying for the brothers and sisters. He was praying for the others in the church. He said, pray for the others in the church. And then he said, pray for, for everybody else. Everybody else. Now, what does that mean to pray that way and to pray for everybody else? The for us, let's just put it in context, for us as a congregation, it's to pray for one another, right? In your own family, it's to pray for your family. Now, that's kind of easy, isn't it? I, I pray for my kids, I pray for those. What about, do you pray for your ex-wife or ex-husband? Do you pray for your mother-in-law? <laughs> uh, 
Do, do, do you pray for those who are difficult to pray for? Do you pray for those outside? Do you pray for the homeless? You know, we gripe about the homeless situation in Austin, and we ram, 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 ram. Do we pray for those folks? Do we pray for unbelievers? Do we pray for, for, for foreign political leaders that, 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 that hate us? That's what Paul's talking about, and pray for the others, for the others. Prayer changes people, and the people may be us. When you pray like that, it will change you. Not necessarily them. They have to be willing. But it'll change you if you'll begin to pray for others. Pray for them. And the blessings in prayer. He goes on to talk about that in, in, in verse 7 and a little bit 8. Therefore, brothers, in all our distress and persecution, we in, are encouraged about you because of your faith. Paul was happy. He was tickled pink when he got, Timothy got back and he gave a report, hey man, they're all together. They're hanging in there and the, and the church is flourishing. That was a good report. And Paul was encouraged by the report he got from Timothy when he got back. They had not gone all, which Paul was concerned. He, he didn't know where they were. He couldn't, you know, Facebook them or, or, or <laughs> I don't know why you want to do that anyway. But uh, uh, he, he, he couldn't put anything on Twitter and get a response. He couldn't even send a letter to P.O. Box, whatever, that it wasn't there. All right, so he, he, but he finally got word after many months, and he was encouraged by that. He was encouraged that I've been praying so earnestly, so sincerely for you, and now it, it, I see that those prayers worked. He was encouraged. He was lifted up. You know, we reap the blessings when we see God work. We reap them when we see God work. During pandemic, when the pandemic first started, it, which was, I think, March 2020, over a year ago, about a month into that, we had a church member that needed a job. And how do y'all do y'all remember what were happening with jobs in those days? <laughs> they were gone. And she and, and I, she was she said I really need a job and I said and she hadn't worked in many years. And I said, "Well, what kind of job you want?" And she told me and I said, "Where do you want it?" Let's be specific here. Where do you want it? And she said, she told me the place. And I said, well, "Okay, let's pray very specifically about this." very specific, that you get a job at that place. Guys, two weeks later, she went to work there. Now, th that encouraged me. You know, I said, man, this worked. It encouraged me. And it, and it brought me great joy. The, in 1 Thessalonians 9, he, he, we read, How can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy we have in the presence of God because of you? The joy we have because of what God's doing in your life. There have been a couple of events in my life that have made my, me joyful and have encouraged me. A lot of people have encouraged me, but, but joyful is a different thing. And, I, I, and I'm going to tell a personal story, and I, I, I don't tell this very often, but I will share it with you. And Brenda and I became Christians in, in I guess we were in our mid-20s, uh, and, and uh, in, in the that was in 1975, 
Some of you guys have 55. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Uh, It's just tough to be this good looking and this old at the same time. Uh, We came from homes that were not Christian. They were not church-going Christian homes. My mother was a Christian. My father was not. And so, you know, it was a bird. We prayed for him. But how many of you know how hard it is to, to talk to somebody very close to you about Christ? That's difficult, isn't it? We don't want to, especially a child and a father, we, you know, we don't want to interfere, you know, think we're, we're being a smart aleck or we're, we're, we're you know, it was hard. Well, so we prayed for my dad. And in the late 80s, uh, we, were, we were in a swing in his backyard, and, and I just felt God said, now. <laughs> Now, and so I, I just asked, I said, Pop, where do you think you go when you die? And he said, I don't know, son. I said, would you like to take care of that right now? And he said, yeah. And so I talked to him about Christ. And we prayed together that day. And he accepted Jesus as his Savior right day at that swing in the backyard. And he did something. He reached over and he hugged me. And, and guys, that's, he, he, that's the only time he ever hugged me in his life. He wasn't a hugging guy. He was a hardworking man's man. And he said, thank you, son. Guys, that was a joy. That was a joy, wasn't it? Yeah. That was a joy because in, in 2000, Christmas 2000, when he died at age 86, I know where he went. You know, and, and, and it doesn't always work out like that. So don't say, you know, you know, because it didn't work out like that with you. What it did, what it was, was that was that spiritual awareness prayer. I knew that that was the time. And, and, and you can do damage if you push when it's not God's timing. You know, now, my first pastor told me, don't try to pick green fruit. Right? If, if it's not the time, if you're not led by the Spirit, don't get involved in there and, do, and muck it up. You know, I do that all the time. Yeah? I mean, m- most of my prayers are, God, would you please fix this thing that I caused? You know? And he does. He, in spite of me, he does. You know, so that's where the joy is. In, in 1 Thessalonians, backing up to chapter 2, uh, verse 19, he says, What is our hope, our joy, or the crown which we will glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus when he comes? Is it not you? Indeed, you are our glory and joy. Talking about the people there. And the word he uses here for the Greek language, and I, I didn't, I did go to seminary and I did take Greek. I'm not like Pastor Brian that majored in Greek. Uh, majored in Greek. The good thing about majoring in Greek is that you can have discussions about what you study at school with Fred, and nobody understands what you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> But uh, there are two words for crown in, in the Greek language, diadema and stephanos. Diadema is the crown that a king wears. Uh, when, you, when Queen Elizabeth was coronated 114 years ago, uh, <laughs> he, he, that big crown on her, her head, that's, that would be the word diadema. The other one, Stephanos, is, is, is the, the crown, that, like the wreath given to a, a victor in the Olympics. That's the winner. That's the winning crown. That's what he used here. 
when he talked about you are our crown. It's a victory. You know, God loves us so much, and he wants us to lay it all out for him. And that's where the blessings are. In your prayer life, I want to challenge you to do something coming up this week. Try your best. To pray seriously for yourself and for others 10 minutes a day. Now, it don't count if you go two minutes and then you start about talking about mowing your yard. you got to start over. Ten minutes a day. And then spend another ten minutes quietly listening to him. God, speak to me. Because our communication is us to him and him to us. The idea is that we don't have to ask him, do I turn left or do I turn right? We are so led that when we get there, we know which way he wants us to turn. And so 10 minutes praying, seriously, earnestly praying, and 10 minutes just quietly listening to him. And, and that's hard, guys. You, you think, well, 10 minutes, that's not, it's hard. You know, if you can get a couple of minutes in, do eight minutes later, do two, 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 five times, whatever it takes to start increasing your prayer life. And I'm going to try to do the same thing. And I, I don't do that sometimes, you know. We, I mean to, you know, uh, Bobby Cox sitting right here, and I had breakfast this week talking about the prayer ministry of our church, and, and, and it's hard. You know, you get up in the morning, you think, I'm going to do this, and out the door we go, you know. And our life just hits you. And I don't even have little kids at home. You know, I can't imagine what it's like when you got, you know, little kids underfoot all the time, and it's really hard. But if you get 10 minutes, take it. You guys that commute to work back when we used to do that, uh, pray on the way to work. Don't, don't close your eyes, bow your head. But, uh, uh, but, but pray on the way to work and pray for those around you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for what you're, you're doing in our life. We thank you for what you're doing in Hill Country Church, and we pray that we will become people of prayer, that we will pray seriously, that we will pray earnestly, that we will, as we do that, come to love you more and to come to love those around us more. We pray that we'll be a people that pray for others, that we'll pray for other churches, that we'll pray for other pastors, that we'll pray for other communities and the lost in our community and we pray that we will be a light in that and lord we, we can't imagine what it would be like if in hill country bible church that we had 200 people that were committed to prayer we i just it would be so exciting to see what god is willing to do what you're willing to do lord, father thank you for this thank you for these veterans again today lord and may they have a peaceful weekend and and an honorable weekend in jesus name amen Guys, dismissed. Thank you.